Welcome to the Social Selling and Tech Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association. Rob Catalano, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So, listeners, today, uh, Rob and I, who uh, we've been working on some events together this year, uh, we get a chance to kind of have a chat uh, about about uh, meeting tools, online tools specifically, and how, how they can help to grow communities and uh and uh, generate new relationships which culminate in in meeting in person and having all those wonderful things that come from real uh, relationships and ongoing dialogue let's jump straight in rob firstly where do you think it starts how and why should one start up their own meetup groups uh, or networking events uh, p- particularly if in terms of are there any longer-term sales benefits for, for doing that? When you think about sales in general, um, it's people buy from people right? at the end of the day. And there's the relationships, those are the conversations that happen. And I think events are a good place to have prospects or potential prospects in a room to not sell to them, but to network, to provide them value, whether it's educating them, engaging them in other ways. So I think, uh, and what I've seen be very successful in, in marketing and sales practices in the past, uh, you know, as a just as a marketing strategy, is, is they think that there is value in it, and it should be part of the the strategy. Because again, you know, it's it's easier to buy and have conversations uh, with individuals than uh, than just do everything kind of manual online. What What are some of the potential pitfalls of promoting an event on multiple event promotion channels? Um, Again, listeners, Rob and I are talking from some very recent experience here. Uh, for example, I, I've been insistent upon trying to grow the meetup group. And uh, the other main major tool that we've used for the events that we produced is um, Eventbrite. We'll also talk about Facebook today. But Rob, can you share some of the potential pitfalls of, of promoting on multiple channels? And are there any tactics to help keep it streamlined and consistent across networks? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a sexiness to getting the event out there and more channels. Um, but you also, you know, every time you make one change or one, you know, uh, one adjustment, you have to make it on two, three, five different platforms, right? So everything just takes a little longer. Um, and, and I think the idea is use these tools to make your life easier as opposed to uh, making it more challenging. And everyone knows when you're running an event, there's so many moving parts in Murphy's Law. Um, so you know, I think from in terms of tactics to keep it streamlined is, um, well, one, try to limit it. You know, two, um, make sure you understand kind of what information you're putting on there. If you can be kind of limited uh, and then drive them to, let's say, one landing page that has more information, then you can kind of leverage multiple tools and don't make all those changes. But uh, I think there it comes with, you know, pros and cons. But if you start making your life a lot more challenging, then slow down on it and, uh, <laughs> uh, and use uh, one tool and promote that one in other channels as well. Let's talk about features. I like talking about features. So, for example, can platforms like Eventbrite, Facebook events and, and meetup.com, can they be used for direct messaging campaigns? Can can people also find your events or meetups organically by doing specific searches? Yeah, I, I, mean, I think these things are lifesaver compared to the way, you know, uh, I or I think a lot of people have done in the past, right? You talk about direct messaging, the ability to not just have those things in there, but have them done automatically with its reminder emails and so on. You can set that up when and then get, have it happen automatically um, as you're so busy making the event actually happen. Um, when it comes to people finding your events, like you're hitting a target and a, a group of people that have interests. So it's actually, you know, providing people's interest or, you know, we've run many events, Bill, even you and I, that people, where'd you find us? Like we, we saw the, the title showed up on my feed. It was part of my interest look. So I think that there's um, definitely a lot of things that uh, benefit from, but I think 
what's more important is it's keeping everything in one place, right? So when you want to direct message someone, you have things sitting in Excel, and then you need to put that into your, you know, Outlook program or whatever it is. But just the amount of features and the ability to have things happen streamlined and have it in one place, because we all know easy to, how easy it is to lose things when it's in multiple places, it makes it a lot easier not only, you know, promote it and show up in their searches, but communicate with people as well. I wish these tools were around 15, 20 years ago running other events, that's for sure. So there's a lot of ongoing work that goes into growing communities which meet together on a, on a regular or semi-regular basis. What, what are some of those longer-term benefits to, to growing brand awareness and sales um, from developing online communities who then come together? Yeah, you know what? I always say people do business with uh, people they know, like, and trust. Right. So when you're offering value to people in these communities, again, you're engaging with them in different ways, allowing them to network with others, whether it's in person or through these online type uh, type communities. Um, and you're, you know, providing them value at the end of the day. I mean, those are the those are the real benefits. Like that's where your brand becomes a, what they think of when it becomes time to have a buying decision. Um, too often we get people in a room at these events and then we want to sell to them right away, but they're not ready to buy. Um, so I think it's just super valuable in terms of building that community and relationship over time. And when they're ready, you know, you've offered so much value in their community. You've given them great education. You've engaged them in other ways or inspired them with, you know, great content at these events, as an example. Uh, and it's just, I think it's a, a key tool in the arsenal of any kind of marketing and sales strategy. Okay. So you're an event organizer. How, how does a chap like you may manage their time uh, when the event actually happens? Because you must be getting pulled in lots of different directions. How can you get what you want to get from it in terms of enjoying that experience? Oh, it's not enjoyable at all. Are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. You know what? It's, uh, it's, it's really just about making sure people's expectations are set in my mind. Like it's, you know, obviously if there's people around you. Um, I've had volunteers help support things. People always want to be involved. I don't think, you know, I don't think it's actually great to just do it all yourself. It's good to have other partners around you. But um, I think it's just, you know, being well planned, well organized, uh, make sure things are done sooner than later. Um, and, and I have this little philosophy that I do anytime we do an event is that, you know, a week before, all my ducks need to be in a row. Like everything that I need needs to be there and kind of give you that nudge on that final list. Um, uh, because again, you kind of need to plan in advance, especially for a lot of unknowns out there. Um, and the other thing too, is kind of keep sanity is having plan Bs. Like what if, you know, a speaker drops out? What if a venue has an issue? What if you don't get a license for something? Like do you have a secondary thought as opposed to not just panic, but like actually act and move forward? That usually keeps my sanity is there's always a plan B in my head as well, which you know, sounds like, you know, kind of a little more challenging, a little more work, but it, it's just always good to have because this stuff happens. I think that's the uh, principal soundpipe from this, uh, from this podcast. Always have a plan B. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, what, what about live streaming? So in addition to producing some events and meetups, you, you, you also do a heck of a lot of speaking around North America and, and, and globally. Have, have you seen uh, any examples of where lo- live streaming has worked really well, where it's created a big buzz? Can you, can you share any examples of events that you've you've been to that seen that? Yeah, I mean, typically I find that the live streaming is it becomes successful as a addition or um, you know something else that's happening for a very successful event in itself that happened without it. I mean, you know, one of the biggest ones that comes to mind is something like Dreamforce, right? It's something where people want to be a part of, they can't all make it to San Francisco not because of travel plans, but probably because hotels are like $1,000 a night. <laughs> but like you choose all the reasons, but they've, they've had such a following that live stream actually helps. It supports it. It gets that word out there. 
but they established such a fantastic experience for people um, that it warranted people to want to be there. So I think it's really hard to start with live streaming. Um, it's not that it can't be done, but it's hard to build that following or build those relationships or those kind of emotional ties to people when it comes to the event world um, until you've actually kind of had the, the in-life experience be great first. Okay, we're coming towards the end of this uh, particular show. One last question for you to leave our listeners with. What are your top two or three tips for using online event registration and promotion tools to to support B2B, in your case, B2B communities? So first thing is just know what the end game looks like. What I mean by that is too often I see people run these events, use these tools, and then at the end they want to either communicate to people in a certain way or look at data a certain way of what types of people or companies or roles were at their event, and then too often it's too late. Right? You're not either asking people the right things at the front end or you're not getting the right information. Um, so I find that people end up going through this effort and they, they don't think about the, the pre and post of it. Right? So that's more important. Doing the event is the easy part. It's how to get value from the pre and post from a branding, marketing, and sales standpoint. So I think in terms of using those tools, you have to make it easy, but you have still to give it that thought. Um, so that's kind of the, the major one. Uh, and in terms of any you know, tips for using event registration um, is just make it super simple and easy to get your point across. Right? People don't have time anymore. People you know, are looking at the stuff on their phone and they go, uh, if you can be very clear about the value you provide up front, uh, what they're going to get out of the event, as opposed to just promoting everything about it, um, you know, value speaks. Uh, and I think if you get your value out there, that, uh, that definitely helps. Now, what's interesting is the tool is not going to do that for you. You kind of be thoughtful of how you position it. So the tool is an enabler at the end of the day. You still have to provide great insight and feedback and, and content or whatever it is to try to draw people in. Okay, so uh, that just leads me to say, Rob Catalano, thank you for being the guest today. Oh, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, I look forward to, uh, to chatting again soon with you, Bill. Thank you for listening to the Social Selling and Tech Show. Learn more about the training and benefits from the Canadian Professional Sales Association at cpsa.com.